This church has always been a church. I've been a part of it 23 years, and it's just that great outward focus church, which is what we see in Jesus. And that's why this fall, we're in this campaign we've titled Follow, where we're looking how we make disciples the way Jesus made disciples, because that's what he tells us to do, is to go and make disciples. And he gives us that call in our life, and we follow his example. We do what he does, and we invite people. Now, I know inviting people is a challenge, because you say, it's not my gift, right? It's like, ooh, maybe some people are good at that. Some people are, are good at reaching out and inviting people, but that's just not who I am. You know, I used to be in sales before I came to work at the church in my second career. I worked with sales reps and trained sales reps and rode with sales reps, and I can tell you the number one reason sales reps fail is fear of rejection. They hate hearing no. Well, what if they say no, and what if they don't like me, and what if they don't like the company I work for, and what if they think I'm weird? I'd, I'd rather not know what they think. I'd like to have their business, but I'm so afraid to get the word no that people don't make calls, they don't go on appointments, because they're so afraid to hear no. But the truth is, you're gonna hear no. An insurance company knew this. Their insurance, there's an insurance company once that incented their sales reps for no. They paid them for every no that they got. Why did they do that? Because they knew at some point somebody would say yes. And if a sales rep asked enough questions and got enough no's, they'd finally get to a yes. And that's what we do. We invite. Jesus knew exactly that people wouldn't, not all people would follow, but some would. And so he came, knowing not everyone would accept the invitation, but some would. And so he calls us to go and make those invitations, because some will. He invites us to do exactly what he has done, to invite people to come and see. And so if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're in sales. And we're out in the business of telling people and inviting people to come and see Jesus, knowing not everybody will say yes, but some will. We see that in today's story. We see how Jesus began his ministry, how he called his disciples and what he called his disciples to do. And so we begin there today. And for the next five weeks, we're going to look at this discipleship path that we've called the discipleship path where Jesus makes disciples. And how it begins is with a simple invitation to come and see. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open them. We're in the Gospel of John, the fourth Gospel, the fourth book in the Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to start in the very first chapter with verse 35, and we'll go through verse 51. I'm going to read from the ESV to you this morning. You can follow along with me in your own Bible. The next day, it says, John was standing with two of his disciples. Now, I want to stop for a second. The John that's being spoken of here is John the Baptist, not John the one that's writing this story. This is in the Gospel of John. The apostle wrote this book, but he's speaking of John the Baptist. Jesus has come and been baptized by John the Baptist. The following day after he's been baptized, Jesus comes walking by John again. And John says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the man I was telling you about. As everybody else is standing around, his disciples are standing around him. 
This is the man. This is the man. This is God's chosen one. That's what's happened before this day. And now John, the apostle, tells us what happens the following day. He says, then the next day, John, the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour or four in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of God. Would you pray with me? Almighty Father, Almighty God, we gather here in the name of your Son, Jesus, and we pray, teach us, mold us, shape us more and more into the image of your Son. We pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be truly pleasing in your sight, that my words would be your words, that you would teach us this morning. We pray, show us Jesus, teach us. In his name we pray, amen. There's three things out of this story I'd like to teach you this morning. And the first is that we see in this story is that Jesus seeks disciples. We see that Jesus is the one out looking for disciples, and he invites his disciples to come join him. The second thing we see is that disciples are seekers. They are seekers by nature. They are seeking after answers to truth, and this truth that they're seeking after is Jesus, whether they understand that or not, because Jesus is truly the answer to all the important questions. And the third thing is that we see that disciples seek others. The disciples seek to invite others to come and see what Jesus has shown them. That's exactly what we see in the story. We see Jesus seeking 
disciples. Remember the story. He's coming by John the Baptist for the third day. The first day he's baptized. John's disciples have to be there. And he says who Jesus is. The next day, Jesus comes walking by. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And we know John's disciples were probably standing there again that day. And so then the third day, Jesus comes walking by again. You sort of get this pattern? Like maybe the two of them are working together, that maybe one time, maybe one of these days, John and Andrew are going to figure it out. That Jesus may be coming back every day until they finally get it. So that's what happens. Jesus is seeking after John and Andrew. John and Andrew are the two disciples. The Gospel of John is written by John. And you'll notice one of the, one of the characteristics of the Gospel is that John never identifies himself by name. He'll say the disciple whom Jesus loved. And in stories, he'll never identify himself. And so we see here two of John the Baptist's disciples. One identified as Andrew. The other one's never identified, which scholars tell us that's John. So John the apostle and Andrew were first disciples of John the Baptist. Those two men are who Jesus was after. And so he was inviting them by showing up there every day. And they came and they followed him. He turned around and he's like, what do you want? And they're like, we want to know where you're staying. And it's not just like we want to see your house. No, we want to know everything there is to know about you. That's what they're asking him. And what does Jesus reply? Well, come and see. So he invites them to follow him. And that's what they do. We see later he goes to Galilee. Why? To find Philip to invite Philip to come and follow him. Jesus seeks after disciples. Even though the disciples, would, when they went and told other people, said, we found the Messiah. No, the Messiah found you. That's really what happened here. Jesus has invited you, and Jesus invites disciples to follow him. He did that then, and he does that today. He told his disciples, which is why we follow after his example to go and make disciples, just like he made of them. Baptizing and teaching their disciples to obey everything that Jesus taught. Jesus seeks after disciples. He invites everyone to come and follow. And he does so for a purpose. He does so, as Mark tells us, he appointed those 12, he appoints disciples so that we, so that they could be with him. Not just so that we could come and obey and, and do all this work. No, so that we could have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus invited disciples into a relationship with him. God, the creator of the universe, created man so that we could be in relationship with him. And now Jesus has come to teach us the truth about God, that he still desires us to be in a relationship with God. And so Jesus goes about calling ordinary people, inviting us, as John the Baptist tells us in Jesus' words, that you would not come to me unless the Father himself drew you. So if you're here this morning, we believe God has drawn you here. We believe God is calling you unto himself. And you see in this story that he just calls ordinary people, these ordinary fishermen, 
and does a miracle in their lives. But he wants a relationship with us. He invites us into his word daily to experience that love, to understand God's love for his people, for his children, for his creation. And it's in his word as we get to know him and experience him that we understand the love that God has for us. Because as we were, not perfect, far from perfect, God called us to tell us that he loves us and that he desires to have a relationship with us. That's the news that Jesus was testifying to. That's the truth that he wanted the world to know, the truth of the love of God for his creation so that everyone could experience that relationship with God. Now, Jesus knew, just like happened that day, he came and the call went out as John the Baptist made it to all who were there. But not everybody followed, did they? Jesus invited everyone, but not everyone followed. But some did. Right? But some did. The next thing we see is that disciples themselves are seekers. They're seekers at heart. And what disciples are seeking is Jesus. If you know it or not, someone who's truly a seeker at heart, seeking answers to the questions of, why am I here? How did I come to be? What is my purpose? How shall I live? What happens when I die? All of those questions are answered in the person of Jesus Christ. Every single one of them. And so when you are seeking answers to those questions, you are seeking Jesus. And we see that here in the story. We see that James, or John, and Andrew go to Jesus. And what's Jesus' question to them? What are you seeking? He said, we're, we're seeking answers. We, we, we want to know everything there is to know about you. Jesus says, come and see. We see that Philip goes, and he goes to Nathaniel, because he knows, he knows Nathaniel, but he goes to Nathaniel, and Nathaniel says, what good can come from Nazareth? Have you heard that today? Right? When you, when you think about inviting people, you hear people say all the time, what good could come from the church? Really? What good comes from Christianity? I look in history, and all I see is a lot of bad things. You can't tell me that good comes from the church. That's an honest question. That really is an honest question. And that's an okay question to have. We see Philip asking the same question. You say he's from Nazareth. Well, nothing good comes from Nazareth. Meaning that nothing in the scripture says that the Messiah would come anywhere from Nazareth. So what good could come from Nazareth? But what happens? He goes, doesn't he? Philip says, well, come and see. And Nathaniel goes. See, Nathaniel was a skeptic. He had doubts about what Philip told him. But he went and saw. I think that's how you define a skeptic. Someone who says, well, you're going to have to show me. 
right? I'm going to have to see that for myself. Maybe Philip was from Missouri and just going to have to show me. (laughs) And so he goes. See, there's a difference between a skeptic and a cynic. Cynics are those that no matter what you tell them, their mind's made up, they're not doing anything. Most likely cynics are mockers too. They'll mock you for what you believe. You know how you tell a cynic from a mocker? Or a cynic from a a skeptic? Come and see. And if they come, you know they're a skeptic. Nathaniel was a skeptic. But he comes seeking, as disciples do, answers to truth. And he seeks after Jesus. And what does he find? He finds Jesus. Sincerely seeking after answers that are good questions, he finds Jesus. That's the promise of Scripture. When those who seek after those answers seek earnestly, seek sincerely, which is what Jesus says of Nathaniel, he's an Israelite with no deceit in him, with no guile. He doesn't come with pretense. He comes earnestly, sincerely seeking answers. And Jesus applauds that. Jeremiah puts it this way. When you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When you sincerely seek after Jesus, guess who you find? Jesus. C.S. Lewis, Lee Strobel, the list goes on and on and on of true seekers, atheists, but seekers seeking after the answers to their questions. And who do they find? They find Jesus. That's why Jesus says, ask and you will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. When you sincerely seek, skeptic or not, when you seek the answers, you find Jesus. Jesus promises you will find him. And so we invite others to seek with us as we seek to know more about him. But as we see from the scriptures, not all sought after Jesus. There were quite a few cynics in Jesus' day, but the call still went out. So not everyone who you invite will come and seek with you, but some will. Some will seek. Some are seekers. So we keep inviting. We keep inviting, knowing that some won't, but some will. And finally, we see that disciples of Jesus seek after others. They invite others to come and see what they have found. What happens as soon as Andrew and John find Jesus, or Jesus finds them, what do they do? They go and tell their brothers. And we know that John did that because as the story is written here in the original language, we see that the sequence happens. It's first that Andrew does it, telling us that next the other disciple did the same thing. So both of them went and told their brothers, said, you got to come and see, we found the Messiah. Then he goes and tells Philip, right? He goes and finds Philip. What does Philip do? He runs to tell Nathaniel. Disciples seek to invite others. We seek after others to invite them to come 
and see what we have found. That's what disciples do. We invite. Come and see. I know it's hard. I've talked with several and many of you. Invite. It's not my gift. I'm not really good at it. You know, I don't know. What if they ask me a weird question I don't have the answer to? And what if they don't like me? And what if they say no? Some of them are going to say no. Some are going to think you're weird. Right? Some of you are weird. But that shouldn't <laughs> hold you back. I'm right there with you. Because Christians are called weird. Christians are called strange. They look at Christians and say, why would you do that? Well, guess what? Come and see. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to be a theologian or a scholar. We see that in these young men, right? They were fishermen. And the same day that Jesus says, come and follow me, they go and tell somebody else. They're like, okay, well, we should wait for three years until we're educated enough, and then we'll go and invite people. No, they were so excited about finding Jesus that they go and tell their closest friends and relatives, come and see. Have you ever seen this? You don't have to teach a course to grandparents on how to tell people about their grandchildren. <laughs> Kids, when you get a new game or you get something new, does it, do the instructions tell you how to go and tell your friends about it? Or you buy a new car. Is there anywhere in the manual that says, be sure to tell your friends how excited you are about this car? No. You naturally go because you are excited. You want others to see your new car, your new game, your new whatever, because you're excited about it. And that thing doesn't leave your side, right? I mean, think about it. You get a new car. How many times do you look out the window to look at your new car? Make sure it's there and just to admire it. It's the same thing with Jesus. Every day we have an opportunity to sort of peer into the scriptures and, and see him and encounter him there and just marvel at, at the fact that he loves me the way he says he loves me. And that he would use me to, to go and help and invite other people to come and see him and to experience him. And so he calls us to tell people, come and see. Come and see what Jesus has done. That's the promise that he makes Nathaniel. He says, let me tell you, you're going to see greater things than these. What does Nathaniel see? He sees water turned into wine. He sees the blind seeing. He sees the lame walking. He sees the man rise from the dead. He sees Jesus. And his life is never the same again. And the world is never the same again. And so as disciples of Jesus Christ, we follow Jesus' example. We invite others to come and see. We follow the disciples' example to come and see, knowing that when we do, not everyone will believe. But some will. But some will. And so we invite people. Where? Here. Jesus himself said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am with you. Come and see. Well, how is that? Well, come and see. It's the simplest way. You don't do it alone. We do this as a family. Come and see. 
Come and see. Come and see here in this place. Come and see in my small group. Come and play. Who doesn't like to play? Just come and play. I'll come with you. Come and play. Or how about just let's go have coffee. I'd love to get to know you better. Let's just maybe go have a bite. Let's just have some dinner. Come and see. Come and see how Jesus has changed my life. How I was lost and now I'm found. How he has shown me in numerous ways just how much he loves me and how much he loves you. Come, come and see. Not all will believe, not all will seek, not all will listen, but some will. So we have talked about this path. You've heard me say it this morning, and those of you that are leading groups and are in small groups, we're going to study this in our small group material, but we have designed this discipleship. We haven't designed it. We've described it, all right? It's discipleship path. It's the way Jesus made disciples. And the very first way we've called on-ramps into the discipleship process, it's Jesus' way. Come and see. We invite people. Easy ways. Let's go have coffee. Let's go have dinner. Let's just go to a movie. Let's, hey, come to church. Hey, come to my small group. Come meet these other weird people that look just like me. Come and see. That's where it all begins. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we follow Christ's example. And we invite others. Knowing full well that the servant is not greater than his master. If they rejected Jesus, if they didn't follow him, if they didn't listen to him, guarantee you they're not all going to listen to you or to me. But some will. You know, I don't know how many of you know, but some of you know my son is a pastor in a church, and he um, was a pastor in a church down in Carbondale, Illinois. And he and his wife, this past summer, moved from Carbondale, along with 44 other adults, one of which was my youngest daughter, to San Marcos, Texas, to start a church. They left their lives, their homes, and everything else to go and tell Jesus about, tell people about Jesus, to say, hey, come and see. Ten years ago, my oldest daughter left that church and went to Bloomington, Indiana, to plant a church with 35 other people to say, hey, come and see. Now, why do I tell you this? Well, it was about 23 years ago that my wife and I were here and joined our first small group for the very first time. But it was about nine months before that that we put that same son into the preschool over at Kimberly Way as we moved here just about four months earlier. And every day, for, probably every week for three months, Diane and Terry Kulat, the directors of that preschool, told my wife, come and see. You should come to Trinity. Come and see. And she would come home and she would be like, we should go to Trinity. I heard it's really good. Let's go. And, and I was like, what good could come from the church? Really? Diane kept saying, and Terry kept saying. And then it was like the, the Sunday after Easter, we came and we saw. And I tell you all that because I know that Diane and Terry said that to many people, and not everybody came and saw. 
But what's going on in Texas, I believe, started right there. Come and see. Not everybody will, but some will. And you never know what can happen. You have no idea. I'm sure Diane and Terry had no idea what was going on, but God did. That's how his entire church started. Little things. As Dan taught us last week, God does great big things, and he can start really small. And he can start with each and every one of you. If you will just say those three words, come and see. Come and see. And put Jesus to the test. Put him to the test and see if he doesn't reveal himself to seekers. Because that's what he promises to do, and that's what he's done over and over and over again. When you seek him, you will find him when you seek him with your whole heart. So we can do that knowing full well Jesus is going to hold up his end. All we need to do is say, come and see. We've designed these little cards for you to take with you, to put in your purses and in your wallets. So when somebody asks a question, you can say, well, here, come and see. All the times we meet are right here. Our website's right here. Come and see. They're at the connecting desk, by the way. You can always stop by and pick those up. But that's why we invite. That's what I love about this church, that we are always reaching out because we take and we put Jesus to the test and we say, honor your word, and he does every time. That's what I love about this church. If it weren't for this church, I hate to think where we'd be. But because of this church, I can thank God for this church and the people of this church. And you, too, have experienced that. I've talked with many of you that have had the same experience. But he's calling all of us, not just some of us, not just those gifted, but every one of us to invite, just as he did, just as his disciples did, just to say to the world, come and see. Not all will, but some will. Some will. Thank God. Amen.